You're listening to the Mess and Mercy podcast with Katie Sanders, where you'll be inspired to grow in your walk with Jesus and live out your God-purposed life by faith and obedience. Now, here's your host, Katie Sanders. Welcome back, guys. I am excited to be with y'all today. Um, The last time we had a podcast it was on boundaries we took a look at genesis um two and three and saw where um god had set a boundary and um it was for protection and that protection was from death um just a quick recap of that scripture it says the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and keep it And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat, you will surely die. So that was the boundary that God set. That's the first boundary that um, we see. The first line that's drawn is that God says, This is okay, and this is not okay. And if you do the thing that's not okay, you're going to die. And that is not, um, that is not a life is over death. That is, um, a a purity death. Up until that point, sin was, um, not a thing. And so we see, you know, that play out. Eve comes into the picture. There's some deception, um, from the enemy and he and Eve take of the fruit and eat um and that is what started our fall that's what's known as the fall so um let's talk about um that protection i think we get it wrong when we think about what god's um protection looks like and I want to look at a few scriptures today um I want to look at John 15 I want to look at Job 1 and 2 um we may even look at Hebrews uh, 11 um but I I want to kind of tell you where where this kind of come up I was getting um my daughter Gracie ready to school ready for school one day last week and um I Dutch braided her hair and she was so excited that it was long enough to braid and she's like mama I don't I don't think I want to cut my hair because I think I want my hair to grow and I told her that if we want it to grow we've got to trim it some and she said mama how can cutting it make my hair grow And I said, well, baby, it it just does. And I thought about the scripture in um, John 15, and I'm going to turn there and read it to you guys. And then we're going to talk about what protection is and what that looks like. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Um, so I, I want to, to just establish here what that says. It says, if you're not bearing fruit, he's going to cut. 
And if you are bearing fruit, he's going to cut. And so in, in, both, in both places, in both positions in our lives, we're going to be cut on. Um, and I think that's how we get a misinterpretation of what the God's provision and his protection look like. And I think that's important to know when we are establishing boundaries um, because we, we've learned what boundaries are protecting us from. But we need to understand what that protection also looks like. In the last podcast, I shared with you guys that, um, you know, my mom was an addict and she died this past October on Halloween. And she had her first relapse in a really long time on my son's birthday. And um, I had to ask her to leave. And that was the last time my kids saw her. Um, And... I had to set those boundaries to protect my kids. I didn't want them to have exposure to that. I didn't want them to see that. Um, I didn't want them to know that side of my mom because when my kids were born is when she really started trying to um, clean up and get sober. And so she died two weeks after that before we had an opportunity to sit down and talk and before... Um, my kids saw her. So the last time we saw my mom, she was um, intoxicated and um, high. And <sighs> boundaries are hard. Um, and we've got to be sure about what that protection from God looks like. I think as, as church people... Um, in, in a secular world, we say that protection is, um, well, the dictionary. Let's go to the dictionary. The dictionary it defines protection as a person or thing that protects someone or something from harm or injury. So we, you know, we minister to people and we spread the gospel and we want people to understand um, who God is and what he is and um, we say come on God is good come to the altar come get saved say this prayer you know if you repent of your sin you'll be forgiven and and you'll be blessed and God is a God of peace and hope and forgiveness and love and God is all of those things and he is a protector and a provider but God's protection that he established that we that we saw that he established the last time we talked was his protection is one from death. And if that is not a physical death but a spiritual death, then we've got to understand what his protection means and it helps to know who God is and and what he is about and how he desires us you know God is holy he is set apart he is separate from us and he cannot be associated with or around sin because he is so clean and so pure and so holy and so that is where Jesus came in on our behalf to bridge the gap between us and God because there was not a way for us to know him otherwise. 
there was not a way that that we could be perfect in the way that Christ was perfect to bridge that gap, to have fellowship and communion with God. And that's important for us to understand that God's protection is from death. And if it's from a sinful death, then anything that God protects us from is going to be pushing us into becoming better people Um and sometimes that hurts. You know, we see in that scripture in John 15, it says, if you're not bearing fruit, I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut. And if you are bearing fruit, I'm going to cut so you can bear more. And so the process of God's protection is us starting at the very beginning of our relationship with God when he meets us where we are in all of our sin and all of our transgression and and he takes away that guilt but the consequence of sin remains just because we're not guilty does not mean that there's not consequence for the sin just because our sin doesn't count doesn't mean that it doesn't matter and so as we meet God in that place. And as we grow as believers, God will continue to cut things out of our lives to draw us more to him, to bring us, propel us, compel us into the gospel and into his scripture and into his way and his love and his protection. And the more that we are able to move towards him and to sacrifice those things of ourselves the more we are protected from death. The more that we draw those lines in what we want and what God wants, the way that we cultivate the desires of our hearts, the, the places that we spend our time and our money and, and the things that matter to us, the more those things are positioned to the Word and to Scripture, the more protected we are. When God provided a boundary for protection, he did not mean secular protection. And God is good, and we do want you to repent. And we, as a church and as a body of believers, we want you to come to know Christ, but we also want you to know that there is no guarantee. In fact, there's almost a promise that you absolutely will endure trials and suffering and it'll be hard and it'll be painful but what's your end game what what are what are you working towards you know you can't there's not going to be a place that you can live in that earns your keep with God you know we grace is an an unmerited um thing we we can't earn God's grace we can't earn his forgiveness and you know that's really humbling to know that there's nothing that we could do or say as believers as true repentant believers that God would ever hold against us and and not forgive us for you know we can't earn our keep with God however there is a promise that comes with the sanctification of the believer, and that is one of peace. Even when you don't have a place of secular provision, 
you do have one of promised peace in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if you're going to suffer bad things and hard things, regardless of your position with Christ, I would think as a believer, we would be more apt and adept to move in towards the Holy Spirit and suffering with him in his presence. Because, you know, it's clear that we are in a fallen world with a fallen people. Um, and we are fallen ourselves, and so there's going to be suffering and sacrifice and hurt and pain and and all of those things. But there's also a place of rest with the Holy Spirit, and I think that is the the protection that God wants to provide for us. It isn't one of of blessing and one that um, just excuses us from pain we are not exempt from our trials as believers um it's it's a death um so let's let's bear that in mind and um i want to go to job and we're gonna look at chapters (coughs) excuse me chapters one and a piece of two and we're going to start in one at uh verse six and it says now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them and the lord said to satan from where have you come and satan answered the lord and said from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down from it and the lord said to satan Have you considered, my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears the Lord and turns away from evil? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? Have you ever blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and increased in the land? But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. And so Satan went away from the presence of the Lord. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to to point out here is that it says there was a day where God came before his sons, and Satan also came among them. Um, whether you are surrounded by these people or you are this person, please know that just because you sit in the presence of the Lord does not mean that you are adopted into his kingship, does not mean that you are are part of his family. Um, there is a difference between, um, the saved sinner and the sinner sinner you know um you have to reach a real repentance with god to be in his family and i just want to point out here that they were all gathered in the place together sons of god god and satan they were all in in i won't say fellowship but they were all in conversation in the same area. The second thing that I want to point out here is it says that, and God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? You know, um, a lot of people that have any knowledge of Job know of his long suffering um, and that 
he was under attack by Satan, but I wonder how many people realized that it was God that offered him up to Satan. It says that um, God told him that he was a blameless and upright man who fears the Lord. And Satan countered and said, well, wait, you know, he, he's, you've done nothing but blessed him. You haven't stretched your hand out against him. Of course, he's going to serve you. But I guarantee you, if I did this, then he would curse your name. And so here's another, here is another boundary that God sets. And this is God's protection right here. And this this kind of furthers the point from John 15, but it says, um, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. And so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Satan requires permission. Do you see that there in the scripture? It says, God said, Okay, take all that he has, but do not touch him. And so Satan went. Consider that in your life for just a second. Um, you know, where where you are, the, the things that you are experiencing. Um, you know, we all have stuff as people, even, even the stuff that we're not willing to talk about, the things that we would rather hide and stuff and cover up. We, we've got it. And I want you to consider what God could be trying to show you in that situation. Um, you know, he he gave Satan permission. Not only did he call Job's name to Satan, he also said, hey, go ahead. Um, so what God isn't doing, he's allowing. That, that's not to say that that God does evil by any means because he is holy and perfect and righteous and only good. And if God is only good, we have to know that he's not capable of evil. However, his interest in our protection is not for us to be comfortable, but for us to become more righteous, more holy, closer to him. It says that he offered Job up. Proverbs 24, 5 says, A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. The more that we grow in our love for God and our knowledge of God and his character and his way and his expectation, um, I would argue the safer we are. It's also probably the more under attack you'll be. I've, I've found in, in my little time with God that the more that I study and the more that I, I chase and the more that I profess and I testify and I'm open and transparent with people about the things that go on my on in my life and I try to be raw and real and witness um, the harder things get for me. Um, I believe the harder they'll also get for you and I don't think that we do that well as a church. Um, when I was first saved, I was under, I was in such a 
just transformational way. Like I was one way one day and another the next. And I, though I've grown in, in my knowledge and, um, my, my patience, I guess, with God, um, the way that at the capacity that I felt God, the night that he, he saved my life, I just knew that things were going to get better. Um, and six months down the road when things weren't better and they didn't feel better and I was still dealing with the same things and the same people in the same ways, I, me and God had a, a chat. I remember pulling over on the side of the road and just screaming, God, you promised me that, that these things were going to be okay. You promised me that things were going to get better. Why don't they feel okay? Why aren't they better? And he told me in that moment that I had to stop living my life for people and I had to start living my life for him. And I think that I had the expectation that salvation meant saved and, and safe, but, um, it, it's, it's a process of chipping and whittling away at that person that you were before. It's a death. It's, it's a goodbye to who you were, um, before you met God. And if I could tell you anything about, about these boundaries and about being protected by God and who he is as our savior is, is if you have not had change, if you have had the exposure to God in that way and you have repented and surrendered your life and there's been no change, you, there's probably no Christ. Um, I don't want you to mistake, uh, an emotional experience with, salvation um because you can experience god in a big way in a very big way and then still live a life of unrepentant sin if if your heart doesn't break for who you are and the people that are falling around you i, I would encourage you to do some soul searching and ask god to to reveal those things to you at a higher capacity so that you would understand what a surrender it is it's you know salvation is easy it's free it's unmerited you don't have to pay for it you don't have to earn it you just have to say god i'm sorry will you and that is the easy part but with that also comes surrender um and, and with surrender comes change and you have to have those fruits um for the believer that bears no fruit i will cut off for the one that does bear fruit, I will cut back also so that he shall bear more. Um, God's protection, it's its an insurance of, of sorts. It, it pushes us and it pursues us and, and it's pertinent. Um, you know, his plan, the, the pain that you have, um, you know, let's say... Let's say you have surrendered and you are doing the right things and it's just one thing after another after another, but you remain faithful and you you trust God. And if you spend any time in, in the Old Testament, I, I, if, if you're in a season where it seems like nothing, nothing seems to go right, I would encourage you 
to to read some in the Old Testament. It's just such a reminder of God's faithfulness and his character and who he is and, and how far he is willing to go to keep his promise. Um, but the pain that you're experiencing, it might not have anything to do with you. Um, Romans 8 tells us, and for we know all those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who were called, who were called according to his purpose. His purpose. There might not be any of, of your purpose in, in, in the pain that you're experiencing. You know, there, whether it's hard and you're faithful or it's hard and you're not, I would urge you to see, you know, it's so easy for us to see the other's wrongs in our situations where there are hurt feelings. Um, but, but look to yourself. What can, what can you learn from God about yourself in the season that you're in, the feelings that you have, the thoughts that you have, how is your heart positioned? Um, is your anger righteous and and justified in the scripture and we'll talk about that that'll be you know kind of next you know I want to learn where boundaries start and I want to learn what their protection means before we start learning how to apply them and set them around things in our lives um but we've got to quit making the mistake of thinking that our salvation story is about us our testimony is about us it's a door to provide an opportunity to witness and share the gospel your testimony doesn't start and end with you it might start with your problems but it ends with God being glorified It, it ends with the salvation and the rectification of your your soul redemption and it and it opens a door to share the gospel because we don't save God saves, and it's so important to be careful in thinking that it's about us. You know, we want boundaries because this thing hurts, or we want boundaries because we're tired and we don't have any separation of of work and home, or we want boundaries because they don't respect us, or we want boundaries because it doesn't feel right or we want boundaries because we don't want so and so and such and such to have exposure to this or we think this is wrong and so we've got to create a separate line across things but God's boundaries they set limits but he still allows pain he still allows provision he still allows these hard things that that we think we're building walls to protect ourselves from, he still allows these difficult things in our lives because he has a greater purpose. God wants boundaries so we'll make time for him. He wants boundaries so we will draw lines in the sand between our sin and our sanctification and that we'll grow. He wants boundaries so we will forfeit the compromise in our lives, the things that The people around us, the community, the culture says it's okay. He wants us to put down our phones and love on our families. He wants us to prioritize ball and and things like that after church. Um, So we will sacrifice ourselves for his mission and that it might cost us something. 
more than a prayer to follow him. It costs more than a, God, I'm sorry, will you forgive me to follow God? God said, it, whosoever should follow me must deny himself daily, pick up his cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Deny your feelings. Deny your frustrations. Deny your want to, to give up and to move on or to do something different. Put those things down and pick up the cross. When this was written, the cross was the most corporal punishment there there was. This is not um, something that is glorified and, and praiseworthy in, in the scripture in this verse. It's talking about to carry it, to pick up the burden of lost, of lost souls and carry that with you. We've got to get on mission and understand that there are, are people that don't know God or worse, that think they know God and they're entirely wrong because they thought that they could just say a prayer and move on and continue to live and unrepentant, unchanged lives because God is God of forgiveness, but he is also a God of correction. And we've got to be consumed with his love and and be compelled to make a change. It costs more than a prayer to follow God. And you will be cut on, but you will not be consumed Boundaries are, are rooted in the belief that if our hearts are positioned and postured towards the will and character of God, found in our own study of Him, and not the world's watered-down version, that we are not excused from suffering, but we will prevail against it. If you have ever taken a look at Hebrews 11, um, it's like a... A complete synopsis of the Old Testament. It gives you just a compact version of of um, all of the things that happened in the Old Testament and all of the, the faith, the the big displays of faith. Um, but I want to read a couple of scriptures, and I'm gonna jump around a little bit in this chapter for the sake of time. But it says, "Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for." The conviction of things not seen. For by the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was made out of things that were not. So that what is seen was not made out of things that were visible. And what that means is there's. You know, we can have faith in, in the things that we don't know. We can have faith that God is good, even when he don't feel good. We can have faith to know that he is a God of provision. And there are there's more to what is directly in front of us. You hear the saying, you can't see the forest for the trees because we can't see past this one thing, this one thing that's in our lives that feels like, it, it's not going to go away. My heart hurts for you. 
if you can't see the forest. There are days when I can't see the forest, but it's adopting that even if faith, even if he don't, even if he won't, even if he feels like we have to have this, then God is good and he is in control and he is making a way for us. And even if faith, and no matter what faith, Picking up in verse 24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater than the wealth and the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not be touched. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians, the guilty, when they attempted to do the same, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down, and after they had been encircled for seven days, by faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign enemies to flight. Women received back their dead, resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn into two pieces. They were killed with the sword and they went out about the skins of sheep and goats and destitute, afflicted and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy wandering about in the deserts and the mountains and in the dens and the caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they shall not be made perfect. Even if faith, no matter what faith. I want you to think about the last time it costs you something to believe that God was good. I want you to consider those things that are hurting in your life right now. The things that you are unsure about. The, the why things. The how God things. Whether it be your marriage or a diagnosis or something with your kids whether it be something with yourself whether you're struggling to get over that addiction whether you're struggling to make ends meet maybe you just lost a job because it meant more to have integrity 
God is with you. It says that they crossed the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. God has the final say. He said, take all that he has in your hand, but do not touch him. Okay, touch him, but do not take his life. Salvation is sure. It's forever. You cannot be snatched out of God's hands. So no matter what, if you have positioned yourself in the fire with God, if you will not be consumed, cut on does not mean consumed. You are safe. You are protected. There is provision. There is a way. God is good. And even if that thing doesn't go the way that you hoped, that you had planned, even if the addict dies, even if the diagnosis does not go away, even if healing didn't look like the healing that you had in mind, God knows infinitely more. I go back to, you know, my mom, and I told y'all she died at the end of October, um, and my sister and I have talked about it often, and you know, both of our parents are, are dead now. Um, our dad died when when we were younger. I was 16 and she was 9. And it, it's hard to, to ask yourself why sometimes. But after she first died, I told my sisters, like, you know, don't you believe that God is good? And if you believe that God is good and only good, then you have to know that what was is better than what could be. She could have killed somebody else. Um, she could have ended up back in prison um she could have never got better and had to suffer the pain of of boundaries that we had to set as her children as her family to um have have healthy lives if god is good and he's only good we have to believe that her death was the best answer for her and for us. I wouldn't have wanted my kids to have seen my mom in prison like we did. Um, they never knew that of her, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and there, there are other things in my life, things right now that I'm praying through, that I'm begging God to, to meet me and to, to answer But I have an even if faith. I will not shy away from my pursuit of what is holy and what is right. Because I believe that God.
God is real and he is faithful and that the Bible is real and his expectations of us are real. And while I cannot earn my keep with God, the more that I position myself in the presence of the gospel and I pursue Christ as my Savior and my Lord and my only priority, that I love him first instead of just love him, the more that I chase that, the more at peace that I have. And, and the things that I'm, I'm praying through, the things that the ones that are close to me are praying through for me, there is a, a peace that, that passes all understanding of what any outcome may be. Even if faith, protection is not an exemption from pain. Protection, those boundaries that God sets, the boundaries that he gave Job, you know, the story ends with Job that says that everything that he lost was restored to him and doubled. The story with God has a good ending. We already know the end game of those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We see that in Romans 8.1. So if we can go confidently and boldly knowing that if it's not okay today, it will be okay one day. There is a forest on the other side of that one tree that you can't seem to get past. I just encourage you to, to not waste the moment, not waste the opportunity to learn what God has for you. Even if he's teaching others through you, there is never not an opportunity for us to learn and to see for ourselves how good God is and the things that he has to offer for us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, gosh, you hear that music echoed in the background. It says, God, you are not finished with me yet. God, I thank you for who you are as our Lord and our Savior. I thank you for the opportunity to know you. God, for sending your perfect son to die a death that he did not deserve just so you could have fellowship with us, God. That, God, I pray that we feel that, that we feel the weight of what it meant to send a perfect man, blameless and upright, to the cross just so we could pray just so that we could have fellowship with you, God. That is huge. God, I thank you that your protection pushes and pursues and is persistent, God. I pray that you would continue to let it matter the way that you chase us and the way that, that you cultivate us and mold us, God. I pray that we would let not one moment get by us, God, that we would... Keep the opportunities 
open for you, to be vessels for you, God, that we would help people come to you and to know you and to see who you are and that we would provide a safe place for transparency, God, where people can come and heal, that the church wouldn't be a place that is is stiff and dressed up and in church clothes and heels and in all of the coverings, God, that say that we have got to be somebody we're not to come to you, God, that we could come broken in need of healing to your house and to your people and that we would welcome them, God, and we would show them who you are and what your love is like, God, that we could also be a place of of protection for people that have come to know you, God, and for people that haven't, that we could just expose to them your goodness, Lord, and that, that through us that there would be an opportunity to share the gospel. God, I pray that we take your boundaries serious, God, that we know your word, that, that, we understand that scripture is you breathed out and that we would take it in God that we would devour it and apply it to our lives and write it on our hearts God and that we would live in a way that is worthy of the sacrifices that you have made for us to be in your presence God I want to take a, a minute God and just pray for the hard things God, I pray that that you encourage that person, God, that one, the one heart that this message touches, God, the one heart that it was for. I pray that you be with her, God. You help her to know that it's okay, that you are not finished, that things are not undone, that there is a way, that there will be a time where everything will be justified and rectified and made right because you are a holy, protecting, and righteous God. And to be those things, God, you have to be just. I pray that you would give her a position of patience. That she would know that you are absolutely in the details and that you love her and you care for her. And you are going to take her to a place, God, in in a newness after this season is over where the presence of you in, in this place, God, even though she doesn't feel you right now, that she will know without a doubt who you are and where you were every step of the way, God, when she gets past the tree. God, I pray that as we continue to pick through boundaries, God, as we start learning next how to apply what they look like, what biblical anger is is like, and the guidelines that you have set before us for us to penetrate those boundaries and and set those, those lines in the sand, God, that we would just have open hearts, willing hearts to be, be committed to the standard that you have set before us, God. God, I thank you for who you are and all you are, God, and all you have given us, Father. 
I thank you for an opportunity to plant seeds, God. I pray that we would all become more willing to be transparent and to heal together, God, as a church and as a community. I thank you, God, for opportunities. I thank you for you. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe and meet us here again. Or head on over to Katie's website, messandmercy.com, to find more encouragement like free devotionals, Bible studies, and the blog. Thank you for tuning in to the Mess and Mercy podcast. We hope to see you again.